Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. And I'm Gal. And I'm Alan. And in this week's episodes, we're going to give superhero superheroes a rest. Kind of, because all the news we talk about are about superheroes. Uh, but other than that, we're talking about Oscars. Yeah, Alan, we're never quite going to escape the grasp of the superhero franchises because they're always bringing out news. But that's our little prelude because for our main event, we're spicing things up and looking at the potential Oscar contenders for the 2023 Oscars that are happening only next March. But it's fun to predict anyway. And some people are joining us. Tell us a little bit about them. Uh, all right. First of all, you may know him as um, by many names, whether it's The Calculator or um, you'll remind me the other name ne- later. But uh, The Cinema Dispatch is now your name on Instagram and you run the Critics Circle and currently the, um, the trivia champion in the League of Cinephiles. And it's Hunter Friesen. Welcome. I, uh, many names that everyone can remember me by. Hunter, can I just say I love your room? I love the the posters oh, in the back. Thank you. Half of them are like free ones. I just got out of uh, one of our good art house theaters closed during the pandemic. So they were just giving them out. I was like, I'm taking these all like car- playing cards. So spruced up the room. So I'm Oscar centric now with all these. And you can't even see half of them right now. There's like four more on the other side of me. Nice. Do you saw the Phantom Thread one? Um, No, I actually got rid of it because I didn't like it and it didn't survive after moving a few times it didn't survive so i was like oh oh well it's a shame all right our second guest is a man who's very beloved in this room like hunter he has also conquered film festivals lately and he is one half of the globo gym in the league of cinephiles hailing from australia we have jacob cunningham joining us today it's an honor uh best intro i've had in a while um yeah it's been a while since i've done any kind of podcast and i'm a fan of you guys and i'm really happy to be here Oh, thanks. That's uh, that's that's awesome to hear. Oh, uh, since we're talking about backgrounds, I love the the collection of Funko Pops in the back there. Okay, I'm trying to get rid of a lot of them. That's ten times the size. I literally send have like over, eight or send nine. It over. I have two. I I don't have the tasteful minimalism that Hunter's room has, but I'll uh, <laughs> yeah. try because I don't know what he medium. Every time I walk by one of those stores and there's like a new one of a character I like, they're so tempting, but just I know I won't really do much with them. Uh, okay, so let's start by reacting to some news. Uh, Marvel dropped the trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and it's coming out February 17th. And we got our first look at, um, not our first look at the Quantum Realm, but th- their current journey in the Quantum Realm. And Jonathan Majors has Kang the Conqueror. Did you guys watch the trailer? What did you guys think? Let's start with uh, with uh, Hunter. Um, so I did watch the trailer. I've been a sort of fan of the Ant-Man films, basically as just a fun escapism movies. Usually, because I think the second one took place like after Avengers Infinity War. Or it was right before, but it came out after. Let's have a little, little nice comedy here. And then this one um, doesn't feel like a big, a nice little comedy. This feels like big multiverse. We got to push the narrative further. So that was a big disappointment for me based on that <laughs> and i this looks like a lot a lot a lot of just cgi backgrounds and stuff i know that's like of course by marvel movie number 30 why am i complaining about that but 
after more of the inventiveness of Ant-Man and the, the how he interacts with the real world, this seems like we're just throwing that all out the door just for regular, just visual effects extravaganza that's not as imaginative. So that was a bit of a disappointment there. So I'll still watch it. I still have some hopes. Uh, I love Paul Rudd, but I am disappointed based on what I've seen so far. I actually think I it looks trailer about an hour ago, and I thought it looked pretty fun. I do like the Ant Man movies, like kind of as you say, it's a bit of fun escapism. Uh, I know there's all the memes about like the Shockboy and Lava Girl outfits and stuff, um, <laughs> but it looks weird and wacky. And I always appreciate it when superhero movies sort of take things in a weirder direction. So I kind of have hopes. Love that. that. As long as the CGI is still possible. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a little bit with Hunter on this one because like. I love, like, uh, I guess with, like, everyone here, I love the first two. Like, uh, it's, like, it was, like, a fun comedy, especially the first one. The first one is one of my favorite uh, movies in the MCU. I actually really enjoyed love. the second one a little bit more. I really love that first one. It has that uh, Edgar Wright touch. I kind of hope <laughs> that he would have stayed for the whole thing, but that's a whole <laughs> other discussion. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, like, this kind of looks, like, more, like, it kind of doesn't doesn't look that much of an Ant-Man film, which is weird because it takes place in the quantum realm, but it kind of looks more like Marvel, like CGI fest, kind of like again. So I, I, I do have hope because of the characters and the actors involved. Like, there are really good actors in this movie. Like, you have Michelle Fiverr, uh, Evangeline Lilly, you guys said about Paul Rudd. Um, you have... Um, else we have Jonathan Majors and Skang so like there are great actors in this movie and like um maybe you, I, I think it would be a good movie but uh yeah I was slightly disappointed about that as well I actually think it looks perfectly entertaining uh look Ant-Man movies are both very fun but it's not like I expect something crazy from them this looks like fun there are definitely some VFX shots where I was like eh but I I actually think it looks pretty good. Like, I didn't really have that many complaints from this. I'm not expecting anything better than um, than the last couple, but I, I still think it'll be pretty good. Great. I had no idea Catherine Newton was in it until I watched the trailer. Oh, really? Yeah. She replaced... Because it was a different actress that played her in uh, in Avengers Endgame. Uh, so that's probably why you didn't know it. And uh, I, I don't quite get why... Like, I love Catherine Newton. Because Catherine like, Newton's a much bigger face. No, I know. But, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of a cheap shot to the poor actress. I don't even really remember. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Actress, I like, it was Emma Furman. And, like, uh, there's... Um, there's like, she actually said online that, like, she only found out when the news came out that uh, Catherine Newton got the role. So that was kind of sad. Yeah, no, that is sad, but like, Catherine Newton is one of the better parts of a, of the less bearable Detective Pikachu movie. So I think he should have been the protagonist of that movie. I still <laughs> haven't watched that. Oh really? <laughs> I hated that movie. <laughs> she was in Big Little Lies though. She was Reese Witherspoon's daughter. Which oh, and Freaky. She was really good. She was really good in Freaky. See, like she's good. We can no, expect good she's things. She's good. She's good. But yeah, poor yeah. Emma Furman that they didn't even tell her. It wasn't okay. even her choice. Um, kind of not really sticking with Marvel. James Gunn, he's jumping ship. Uh, he's uh, him and Peter Safran were named DC Studio heads. 
uh, for film, TV, and animation. Uh, did you guys see that? Are you guys excited, concerned, none of the above? <laughs> uh, considering DC has had, I have no idea what's going on in their universe right now. What's canon, what's not, what should Neither I be paying attention? Yeah, this thing, so hearing that they have somebody who made the best DC movie so far, yeah, and, uh, I'm not totally familiar with Peter Safran and what he's done, but at least they have a vision who's at the top, the head who's going to steer it forward, who I can trust. Like after all those Guardians movies and Suicide Squad, I'm like, all right, I want to see more of what James Gunn's idea of these superheroes are. So it's like positive sign because after Black Adam and all that other stuff and the Flash coming up, I'm like, I don't care, don't know, don't just don't do it. Now it's, it's <laughs> a different direction. It feels like. Yeah, uh, Peter Safran is actually, he's more known for the horror movies he made at Warner Brothers. So, like, he produced all of, like, the Conjuring movies and all that. I think he also produced The Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I guess that helps with the darker tone a lot of DC characters tend to have. I mean, Marvel, that was kind of their, um, their, um, their sort of strategy was hire, like, a horror director. Even James Gunn started out with horror and then went to Marvel movies. Yeah, but Gunn's also a guy who really knows how to have fun, so it's a good yeah. combo. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like but he's go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead, please. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm glad like for the Suicide Squad, Gunn was allowed to take it R-rated to do a lot of stuff that Marvel can't do. So I I always hated DC for just doing exactly what Marvel's doing, where you have the opportunity to do something totally different with the Batman, with the Suicide Squad. So I'm glad they got the guy who's able to do that, and they're pushing more in that different direction, make more horror movies, make more. Just, just different than Marvel. I don't want to have eight movies all the same every year. At least make them Legit. slightly different. They're all the same eventually, but at least make slightly exciting for them. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of having like the darker superhero flicks over at DC because like um, I don't think Marvel is going there anytime soon. May- maybe we've played, but I, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> if that even comes out now. <laughs> oh, it's, it's going to come out in 2035. At this point, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, so by then, Marvel will have a dark movie. Uh, but yeah, I like also the combination of a producer and a director instead of only one head. I feel like you could really work for them. As again, something different than what Marvel does. You have like um, Kevin Feige oversees everything. So like to have like a guy that's like more producing like. Uh, money oriented than another guy that's 100% just creative I think you mean their artificial intelligence K-E-V-I-N oh god don't get started <laughs> on that one uh, we don't talk about that anymore uh, but uh, yeah I feel like it could be good for, for DC I think we all agree that uh, the direction that James Gunn took with the Suicide Squad and the Peacemaker show was like a good one and uh, yeah in uh, favor of putting creatives in power it'll generally always result in a better product yeah exactly but i think it should be that i think it's a good balance to have also a producer there because like i remember for instance when Zack snyder was kind of like the the like the kevin feige of the dcu and like it's hard to to be in that role and direct all the movies as well like there's like you need to have like someone that's like not all the time like wanting to be also the director and be that hands-on with the movies like you need to have like someone that that is able to like that their job doesn't consist in also creating that so like 
I feel like they Hopefully hit the. Gun does still have the time to direct movies though, because like. No, he will. They said in the announcement that he will still direct like, uh, like a some couple, project. like two or three more movies, uh, pretty soon and all that. So. Um, and their Green Lantern show that they're moving forward with, they confirmed that the main guy like is John Stewart, like the main Lantern of the show is going to be John Stewart, right? Uh, yeah, and I think that's a good choice, um, uh, just uh, representation-wise and all that. Like, uh, And also, it's just a better, in my opinion, from the comics, he's the better uh, Green Lantern. And he has a really cool, if you watch the Justice League show, he has a really, really cool role in that. Like the Justice League animated series from the 2000s. He has a really fun role in that, and he has a really fun... Uh, um, him and uh, Hawkgirl make a really fun couple, and I really want to see that on screen in a Justice League movie. I know that's like so far away at this point, <laughs> but like whatever. Uh, and then, I feel like I, I need to let the world put that out into the world. And then, not in the canon, they're doing a bit of a mini Reeves verse now because they are doing the Arkham Asylum show, and the showrunner is Antonio Campo Campos, who directed The Devil All the Time. And also helped create the sinner and the staircase, and um, and they're also moving forward with the penguin show, which they added Kristen Milioti in just oh, now, nice. aka the mother. Yeah, she's uh, Carmine Falcone's daughter, who I don't know wants vengeance or something. I don't know. They all want vengeance at this point. They, they already did that. <laughs> was it, it Catwoman's his daughter? Yeah, Catwoman was his daughter. So I guess now there's another daughter. I don't know. I guess she's his sister. Her sister. I don't. I don't know. I just saw it was Sophia Falcone. So I was like, okay, I don't know who this is. But back to Marvel. One last point about Marvel. There is apparently a show in the works called Vision Quest, which silliest name of all time. I and actually like it. I like it too. <laughs> um, it's the same vibe as One Division. I guess it's a, it's a play on words of the, the phrase Vision Quest, but also I don't know. It just sounds like a fun title for a throwback sort of series, which is kind of what One Division was. Exactly. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like we don't need that much more like Vision story because because he kind of died and then they like he was a hologram for a whole show, and so now he's just Vision again. But I don't know. I feel like they've kind of done his story, so I don't Listen, really care. I'm all about giving Paul Bettany more money. So, uh, <laughs> you know what? Fine. I've been beat. I've been beat. That argument wins, actually. <laughs> so, anything that gives my, that gives Paul Bettany more money, I'm down with. But I feel like actually could be an interesting take, like to see like this, because this is an actual completely like emotionless, emotionless version of Vision, like this uh, wide Vision. He's actually, I think, like a computer, right? He doesn't actually. He doesn't have like the the stone that kind of I don't, I don't know he doesn't have the stone but he, he got the memories back yeah so it's like okay uh, what did he die for with Thanos but I anymore? think it could be interesting and I think it's gonna um, connect to the Wonder Man show that they're doing that probably uh, uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II is gonna uh, play Wonder Man what do you guys think of that casting by the way I know nothing about Wonder Man, but I'm always, like you said about Bettany, anything that's putting money in Yaya Abdul-Mateen is that. I knew him of all people was going to get in the MCU sooner or later. And he's, he's in like, the DCU, isn't he? 
And he was in the not canon DC universe when he was in Watchmen, which he won an Emmy for. So, like, man's actually huge, and I think he deserves his time. Yeah, I agree. And uh, also, um, the, uh, like I said, it's I think these two shows are really going to connect because Vision Quest is being um, is being helmed by uh, WandaVision's... Um, what's her name? Jack Schaefer. Jack Schaefer. And uh, Wonder Man is uh, technically in the comics. They're in a in a love triangle. Uh, Wanda, oh. uh, Wonder Man, and Vision. So <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see if they explore that a little bit. Uh, in the comics, actually, Vision is a clone of Wonder Man. So little oh. little fact. And then they're getting Destin Daniel Cretton to direct at least two episodes of Wonder Man. Again, anything that gets money into Destiny or Cranton's pocket, I'm here for. Okay, what's our last piece of news for the day? Um, something that's not to do with any superhero stuff. Uh, oh <laughs> what? I know, they, those still exist, oh actually. Um, so Jeff Goldblum is in, is in talks to play Wizard of, um, the Wizard of Oz in Wicked. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Um, I have never seen Wicked. I am not familiar with it. So that's kind of why I was somewhat excited about this project. Like, oh, it's a good introduction to the material that people seemingly love. I know it's two parts, too. Some uh, epic musicals. You know, that sounds good. Uh, I can't comment if Jeff Goldblum's a great pick or not. But based on the original movie from 39, I feel like Goldblum could do that Wizard of Oz kind of facade and be the, the the charming guy with a lot underneath them that you don't see and yeah. obviously we saw the thor ragnarok of course he does it sort of interact- yeah that's what i was gonna say he basically I think he'll be plays perfect because he's like all-knowing but he also doesn't give a shit um so yeah i don't know why they're splitting it into two movies like i know why they want to but i've never seen wicked i don't know man like whatever i know the the muse the like the stage musical is like long i know it's like two and a half or three hours or something so if you want to add more uh visual elements it's either a three and a half hour movie or just split that into two i guess so and they have to add some new songs so they can get some Oscar nominations <laughs> exactly i mean he'll probably be better than james franco in oz the great and powerful but i actually kind of like that movie I'll be honest. Still haven't seen it either. It's um, it was Sam Raimi's last movie before Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh. (laughs) Speaking of Oscar songs, are you guys ready to actually talk about the Oscars? Okay. My boy, that's why we're here. Exactly. Hell yeah. That's what I thought. So, how about we start with a review of The Woman King? Both of you watched it, right? Great. So, The Woman King was directed by Gina Prince uh, by the Wood. I think that's how you say yeah, her you last got it, name. Yeah, you got it. Uh, it stars uh, Viola Davis, John Boyega, Lashana Lynch. Uh, as those are like the main names, I guess, in it. And um, <laughs> it came out a month ago. Is that um, it? Yeah, about a month ago. About a month ago. Uh, in Australia because we suck. I mean, that's. I don't know how we got it a month ago. Things never come out in Israel that early, so that was a fun surprise for us. Uh, but yeah, it's it has huge Oscar buzz. It has a 94, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And um, overall thoughts, uh, let's start with Jacob. 
Oh, putting me on the spot. Putting you on the spot right away. <laughs> I saw it within a week of seeing like 30 film festival stuff, so it's a bit of a blur for me. But Fair enough. I really, really enjoyed it. And um, I pretty much, it does what it says on the tin, really. It gives you this solid historical epic about this little known female warrior tribe. And I guess what I like about it is that it also acknowledges their flaws. Like, I know there's a bit of controversy about how. Um, they were involved in the slave trade and stuff, but I think the movie addresses this really well and still delivers like a thrilling sort of action movie. And the real highlight of it for me was the acting and I won't steamroll everything, but you, you named all the cast and they all bring it. And I think it could even be looking at a couple acting nominations if the movie sticks around Oscar time. Hunter? Um, I liked it quite a bit. Um... I definitely, the production qualities of the film are immaculate. I mean, the, the sets, the costumes, the fight sequences, uh, the score by uh, uh, Terrence Blanchard is amazing. I was a little disappointed with the script, how it had to add a lot of elements in it. There's a lot of things that are kind of left underdeveloped to my point. Not not the, the, the point about the slave trade or anything, the big contract as well talking about like Jacob said they actually addressed the movie quite well I thought but mm-hmm. there's the other things about it that I didn't love so uh, but the acting is great as well I think it's just a really solid historical epic as well that was just a, a genre that I love and I'm like I, I was very uh, entertained by it yeah so I actually saw it with you and yeah. a bunch of other people uh, I think I liked it more than you I remember I, I thought it was great because I remember everyone else loved it because I remember like someone who we went to said 25 out of 10 or something yeah. you know who I'm talking about I loved it which I, I was very happy for it is good if I'm the worst review but I still liked it it's a great <laughs> movie that, yeah. um, but I was looking forward to watching it before um, but the trailer I was afraid it was going to be like just like a mainstream action movie and not really have like that stronger edge to it and the movie like pretty much wiped away all my concerns because i thought it was a really great movie and um uh, tuso mbedu and lashana lynch both get so physical with their performances of course we can talk all day about viola davis she kills it and everything and um and if we're talking a bit about like where this could get in oscars i think this straight up has a chance to win best original score because like you said terrence blanchard's music i thought was so good and he's he was nominated twice already for Black Klansman and The Five Bloods, both Spike Lee movies, which were really good. Um, the only nomination The Five Bloods got to yeah. the Academy Award. Which I disagree with, because uh, that movie deserved more. But um, Lindo was robbed. Indeed. <laughs> but like, what I mean is, I think the movie like really balances the great production design and filmmaking, plus like just really empowering, entertaining, like audience moments that i think this could be like maybe the most mainstream movie to get in or one of them um because i feel like this could even get a best picture nomination um i don't know if it's on your ranking at the moment hunter i saw it today but for now i think i think it's uh it's got a shot at even getting nominated for best picture spoiler alert is on mine and i don't think it's leaving it anytime soon uh i love this movie so much um like like i i I really loved it uh like i watched it last week like i was a little bit late to the party but but yeah man like like i think at this point you guys said everything like uh the acting is 
out of this world fantastic the action scenes are really really well done which was one of the things that i was slightly worried about and um the sound design uh, also. yeah the sound design is really good uh i think the story is good like uh, uh i think like i understand there's a li- there's a couple of things that like you can uh you can uh nitpick on like some uh threads in the story but like overall i think it's it's a good story and uh, they do address the the slave trade very well, in my opinion, as well. Um, and yeah, but I really want that knife on a string weapon that they use in the film. Oh, it's oh. so cool! I've ever seen. <laughs> no, it's so cool. But Gao knows that I always have to find something wrong with things. Uh, it's my role in here, uh, <laughs> and I always have to have some SJW bullshit that I point out that nobody else is gonna care. So I'm gonna do that now. Uh, I'm. <laughs> As their local Brazilian, I was very weirded out that the two Brazilian guys were pl- were played by British actors <laughs> in the movie, and, and like it really rubs me the wrong way, the wrong way that a guy named Hero finds plays a man named Santo Ferreira. Ray finds nephew. Uh, <laughs> so like uh, I know, I know, I know. I don't want to get too too annoying, but like that just rubbed me the wrong way. I say my um, one. Totally is- fan. Those, those characters too are my main point. As the, they were my least the favorite. Trish slash the the bad guy. I I did. I, those two. I did. Not yeah. Those I also. Um, there was this one whole point with like one of John Boyega's wives being like a little oh, pissed was, at that him. That was really boring. I and so whenever John Boyega's interacting with like Viola Davis or the main characters, I was like, okay, he's awesome. And whenever there's a storyline with his wife, I was like, kind of dozing off. No, yeah, that's fair. I felt I felt the same way. And the, the one thing, uh, it's it, it, there might actually be an answer for it. What does the Woman King actually mean? I do not know that from the movie because, like, Viola Davis is like elevated to the Woman King status. They talk about it. What I don't know what that actually means is she like the queen? Is she the right hand man of the, the king? Is she equal to him? Obviously, probably lesser than him because he can't just have two kings. What I don't get is why. What that meant. <laughs> what I don't get is why he names her the king. It, it was cool. That's why I was like, <laughs> it sounds cool. What is it though? I think it's supposed to be kind of like a queen, but like a queen general, maybe. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's what it kind of sounded like. What I don't get is why she's appointed king by someone who's thirty years younger than her and is probably going to die way after her. It's like she can't really succeed him. If like they both die of natural causes at old age, <laughs> and also she's in battle all the time, so she has a way more, a way, a way higher chance of biting the bullet. Die for him. Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, that, that was a bit unclear, but um, again, that scene is so cool that I, you, I give him. A- like it's that's that's one of those things. Like oh, I can nitpick about that, but like ah, it's cool enough in the end. It's it's not important. Yeah, that scene is actually really that, good. That, that might. I don't know how it'll work out in the Oscar chances is this movie and Black Panther will pretty much be in the same categories with the same aesthetics for their for the design. Not that you can't nominate two African-centric films for, for costume design or production design or something like that, but they will be competing and doing very similar things. Like I know what you mean, because I think there was a similar thing with West Side Story wiping In the Heights off the awards map because they were both movies about like uh, New York Latino musical. I'm not saying yeah. like I think maybe that's, that's like a, really a similar point. place. And I think 
I think the Woman King is big enough right now where it could still get score and and like costume categories. I don't right now I don't have Black Panther 2. Nobody's seen it, but I don't know if it'll also get nominated for picture, maybe just score or visual effects. I think they could both get in for below the line categories, but definitely not both for picture. I think that there is an actual chance they both they that both of them get picture. I uh, like I think we like the the cap for picture right now is what ten. It's they need ten, right okay. now. Okay, so it's ten. They're so part of a big group that are vying for those sort of eighth to tenth spots. Yeah, exactly. But I think that they both like F- Woman King, maybe should make it from uh from the ones I've seen so far at least. Uh, I haven't seen um. Black Panther yet? Like I think only a couple of critics have seen have seen Black Panther at this point. Um, I haven't read the reviews, so no, there's no reviews out yet. I think um, there's only social media reactions, um, which are often a bit hard to trust. Yeah, yeah, because like if you're, I always take it back to like when Pirates of the Caribbean five premiered and all the reviews were like, yeah, so much fun, and it's like twenty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So that's why I never trust those anymore. But well, they talk about how fun the movie is, then it's not good. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> like, I have nothing else to say. Ah, fun, this one's for the fans. <laughs> yes, I remember when oh, Rise of no. Skywalker came out. The social media reactions were so good. Like, I remember, like, that week of social media reactions. I was so excited. And then, I, and then everyone saw the movie and they were like, oh... Because, like, for the fans, did the fans enjoy Rise of Skywalker? I don't, I don't know. think they did. <laughs> I even like 7 and 8, and I didn't like that. So, also, we usually uh, like to give scores for the movies we watch. So, how about we do that for uh, The Woman King? Uh, let's... Rating scale here. One to Just ten. out of 10. Yeah. 1 out of 10, like, uh, Gauss, I don't know. What do you do that's annoying? <laughs> Pizza slices. <laughs> I would say eight out of ten for the Woman King. Nice, Jacob. Uh, it's a seven point five for me. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'll I'll start to keep the trend going. Seven point oh out of ten. We're going down. <laughs> Are you gonna bring it up? I'm I'm gonna bring it all the way up. No, just kidding. Uh, oh, no, but like it's it's gonna be the highest one uh, out of all of us. I'll go eight. I said eight. You said eight? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you said seven and a half. Bring it back. So it's 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 eight. For me, yeah. Pretty much all agree. Yeah. I think maybe I put it four and a half stars on Letterboxd. I don't remember. I saw, but, yeah, but I saw it, you put it four and a half. After, like, marinating on it, I think I'll go down to it. <sighs> like a low four for me. For me, it's a high four. I think it's, like, right in the cups of, or <laughs> for like, me, eight it's just and a four. <laughs> um. So, okay, let's go to our second one. This one came out... A while back why don't you bring us in Gal? this movie came out in march but it's gonna be very fun to predict the oscar chances of this movie because it's not the type of movie that the oscars are used to nominating and that's everything everywhere all at once and if you follow if you're someone who follows movies uh and you went to the movies a lot this year there's a big chance you watch this movie yeah. it's still the most acclaimed movie of the year it's the most logged or highest rated movie on letterboxd ever um, correct me if I'm wrong. And more, but it's still around the top twenty-ish mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and it's directed by the Daniels and written by them as well. Yeah, Dan Kwan and Daniel Shiner, and stars the amazing Michelle Yeoh, Kiwi Kwan, Jamie Lee Curtis, Stephanie Sue, and James Hong. And 
because of all this buzz, uh, 95%, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and all this acclaim, whether it's from the industry itself, um, audiences, it's the first A24 movie to make over $100 million worldwide, um, critics as well. It seems like this sort of has the, um, the formula of a movie that's as crowd-pleasing as it is just straight-up beloved that it could get into Best Picture. Um, what do you guys think on that sort of subject? Well, it's definitely got uh, uh, it's got a lot of high chances in a lot of categories. For original screenplay, it's pretty much getting in. Uh, supporting actor, I mean, pretty much contending for the win there right now as we're talking because that category is kind of flux. But there's him and uh, Brendan Gleeson stuff, and then you got the uh, Michelle Yeoh, of course, is getting in. And A24 is campaigning hard for this. They are. Okay. Enough money to give you a trailer right now. It's all for <laughs> everything, everyone. That's all it's for right now. Everything else is getting thrown by the wayside. I mean, it makes sense. It's, that's exactly the way they should be doing it. So, because they haven't had a movie nominated for Best Picture like, for a while. Talking, it is the like above the line contender. Where it's like, I don't know how many texts it could get. It deserves a few, but I don't know how it will do. But a lot of above the line winning contention really will solidify that. I would not go as far to say it'll win Best Picture. It's even that much in the race for it, but it's firmly in the the, 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 the nomination category. I will go as far to say that it can win Best Picture. Right. Ooh. I'm, I'm a lot higher on everything everywhere in my predictions than a lot of people, and that's definitely not just because it's my second favorite film of the year, and it's like very special to me, and I've seen it like four times. But... I just think the best comparison for this movie are stuff that we've seen in recent years like Parasite and Coda where you have this film with great representation. It's a very feel-good film. Maybe Parasite isn't so feel-good, but it's a very lovable <laughs> sort of cast. And once you start rolling these guys out on the, wet, the red carpet, the passion is going to build. It's tricky with this one because it did come out so early, but they're sort of just starting to roll it out to Academy voters now. They've been holding a lot of screenings for them and supposedly it's been playing really well. So I, it's not my front runner for Best Picture, but I absolutely think it can win. Yeah, I agree with you guys that like it's it's definitely up there like uh, to, 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 to at least contend for Best Picture. Uh, I think for sure you will get nominated for Best Picture. I think that's like almost a shoo-in at this point. Um, yeah, like, uh, I think the best chance he has is Michelle Yeoh uh, for Best Actress. Because uh, what she does in that movie is out of this world good. Like, um, she she's always been fantastic. But, like, I think even for her grade level, she leveled up. So, like, yeah, if, if I had, if you, if, you, if you told me you can give out one Oscar for this movie, that's what I would would give it but it's very much in the conversation like hunter said for the screenplay uh like man um perhaps directing i'm not 100 percent on that one um and yeah but like michelle yo i think is the shoe in for any oscar talk here i think where i stand is i have it high on where uh it would get in for best picture i have michelle yo most likely getting in to get nominated i don't know if she would win but I think the the passion is there, like you said. Um, so we'll have to see. But there is people like there are people like Kate Blanchett for Tar, or 
Um, now Michelle Williams is up there in the Fablemans, or uh, Till just came out, and I haven't seen it yet. But apparently Danielle Deadweiler is up there to get nominated, maybe win. So, but I think she'll get nominated. Really solid top three, those three. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A fun race. Then when it comes to directing, last year. After Denis Villeneuve got snubbed for Dune, I don't know what to say for directors and their mode. That was a travesty. I think when it comes to like Critics' Choice, Golden Globes, there might be some passion there in director, but we can't tell, honestly. Um, like sometimes when it comes to like sci-fi fantasy, you know, like George Miller, not George Miller, uh, Ridley Scott got snubbed for The Martian or Denis for Dune, so you can never tell sometimes. Kihui Kwan, I have him like being one of the the bigger front runners for a supporting actor and there's also sort of like brendan fraser this comeback uh, narrative for him and he's fantastic and there's a lot of versatility because he has like regular waymond and the other universe waymond and then the um, like the rich waymond uh so i think it's there but right now i do predict that brendan gleason is still the front runner to win because i've seen the banshees of inisherin and i think there's real passion there and i think there's like sound editing that's at least for sure a nomination but i think it could straight up win best original screenplay there's those lines towards the end of um kihui kwan has this monologue that everyone is now quoting on um on uh social media and whatever he says like uh, i would love just doing laundry and taxes with you in another life and i think just yeah, that's that an amazing line just that like the way that whole monologue about him being like a fighter because he's optimistic and all just the way it's written i think could straight up win this movie the writing award it's also the kind of movie that they like to award in that category and i can easily see say something like the fablemans wins best picture they might say okay we'll use original screenplay to honor everything everywhere but there are a few strong contenders in that one and yeah, Kimo Kwan and Michelle Yeoh, they just have such strong narratives in the acting category, like you said, with the comeback. And Michelle Yeoh, I mean, what she's done performance-wise kind of mirrors her character in the film and that she's unlocked her potential. She said that it's the film that she's been waiting for her whole career because it shows everything that she's always been capable of. And I don't think we've ever really had an Asian-American woman nominated in lead actress. So I think well, that'd be silly not damn. to her. And I'd still have her personally above uh, Blanchett in my predictions, but it's close. Blanchett is incredible in Tar. Yeah, I need to watch that. Um, I know there are people who are like having her as Michelle Yeoh as a dark horse back when Crazy Rich Asians came out. So um, She's I so good in that movie, though. She is. But here she's the best she's ever been. And I love the... Kihoi Kwan out of retirement. <laughs> wow, yeah. I didn't think about that. The good, the, the good thing for everything I've ever all once right now is it is not the favorites right now. It is definitely the Fablemans as the front runner, which never was really the good thing to be the front runner. In this. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so never works out. It, 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 it'll be, it, it feels like a little bit the La Land Moonlight situation where La Land was the front runner for like five <sighs> months. That still hurts me. Point, everyone's just like, why not Moonlight? Why shouldn't it win? And that's kind of the everything I've ever all once where it's just the like, well, why shouldn't it win? And then the the the, the buzz just keep building and building and building. So there's, it's definitely running that like, just just stay under the radar. Don't don't blow up too early to to, to take over the favorite spot. Which yeah, I guess like the favorite actually come out. You know. Yeah, and if you guys have seen it though, right? I've seen it. Hunter I haven't saw seen it a day yet, before me because it hasn't come out here. It comes out in Thanksgiving. It's going to care from the right island. Oh, I, I don't talk about that here. Uh, that for me, that that whole week did not exist. 
<laughs> that week has been deleted from my mind. Uh, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, but like, I'm super excited for that movie. I know I'm going to love it. It's like my kind of movie, like for sure. And, uh, and, uh, trepidatious because it does look kind of Oscar Beatty, which, and I didn't really. I like Oscar Beatty shit. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I, I can't see myself not liking it. But I think from what Hunter and I have also heard, um, people were genuinely moved by it. So I think like even if some people are saying, oh, it's like a mainstream, like it's a movie that the Oscar voters like, I think there's genuinely heart in that movie. And we'll talk more gen- about general and – sorry, I can't talk today. We'll talk more about general predictions. Because he likes the same pretentious shit I do. Exactly. And I was a little worried because <laughs> like, I was like, oh, Spielberg going ultra Spielberg this movie. I'm like – maybe and then it's like no it, it really does work it 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 it, it worked didn't you say it was top five spielberg for you or, or not the full like schmaltz that i'm kind of detracted from from sometimes so it works out well yeah, hunter and, and i have like because you said your favorite spielberg is munich right and that's nowhere near one of my favorites to yeah, be honest it's, it's right there oh wow right there. i know this is audio but at least you know i gotta show you no we we have we have video as well i got to oh, it I got to Munich so late in my Spielberg filmography watch, I guess, <laughs> which is weird because I'm Israeli and it's about like letterbox. It's like it's like in this letterbox, it's like number twenty-seven, like most popular movies. I'm like yeah, that makes sense. But I was like, but if you just see it, you'll know. But <laughs> and I don't expect anyone to actually say it's their favorite as well. I'm not yeah. delusional that way. I just have to, I just happen to really love it. Yeah. No, but last last year even with websites. With West Side Story, I thought it was, like, such a fantastically, like, well-made film. That was like, my favorite movie of last year. Like, it was in my top... It was in my top ten. I don't remember which position. But, like, uh, I just loved how well-crafted it was. And, like, it, people are saying that The Fableman even takes that and, like, ups that game. So, like, I'm really excited about that. You should and, notice that Jacob went quiet as soon as you brought up West Side Story. <laughs> uh, let's not, yeah, let's not. <laughs> he's not a fan <laughs> oh, I, weird take and I mean I prefer in the heights so there you go <laughs> hey there we go there we go <laughs> uh, in the heights is one of my favorite musicals of all time I was so sad about that like I thought he deserved it so much yeah well, oh. it's, it's the problem that both in the heights and west side story I have was great movie people liked but the first thing that happens to him was box office bomb. So you already yeah. have that little bit of stench of just failure on him that kind of hot stops you. So the good thing for the Fablemans so far is it does have that tip people's choice awards. So the big thing about it right now is big crowd pleaser, big awards movie. Now I don't know the box office prospects for this movie just because these specialty mid-budget not action films are having a little bit of a problem. So you hope the Fablements makes money. That's 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 why the big thing why I thought it was going to tip so it would avoid being a box office bomb right away. At least has something. So it'll that'll be the big uh, big uh, deciding factor for it. But it is yeah. a film about film, and they love those. Spielberg's name can't be a box office drawer anymore. Then there's no hope for it. Yeah, that I couldn't <laughs> believe that when a West Side Story movie directed by Spielberg like mm-hmm. lost money. I was like, okay, what what can we trust anymore? Um, but yeah, when the Fablements comes out, Alan and I are going to be reviewing it at the end of next month. No, for sure. Like it's one of the films that I'm most excited to watch. I've already, I've already got my t- tickets to see it. Again, nice, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, see it like two, no, a week, week from today. I see it. Nice. 
fairly jealous. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's let's just go back a little bit to everything everywhere. Um, and we can, yeah, we kind of like drifted off of it. We can go back to the Oscar talks in the end of the show for sure. Uh, but overall, I just want everyone's feelings on the movie and like maybe we can already give the scores. Uh, I guess I'll start because I know my score is going to be the lowest. So, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm already excited to see you guys destroy me with your comments. But uh, listen, I really, really, I really liked this movie and I almost loved it. It was so close for me to, to loving that movie. Uh, I think it got a little bit too weird for me at times. I, I like, I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's more of like when you're like when you're talking about a well-made movie. I'm like going, yeah, sure, ten out of ten. That movie is like incredibly well-made. But when we're talking about like personal favorites, I guess it drops down a little bit for me. Just and again, I don't know why that is. I just maybe it's because of all the hype. And I was expecting maybe something else. I don't. I don't know. But like, I I would I would give it like a seven and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. Maybe a seven and seven seven five. I would bring up the <laughs> seven nine. That How about that? <laughs> quarters. All the way to nine. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I know it's a, it's a contentious I, I, one. There. All right. I'll go next to that. I probably would be the second lowest because I'm going eight and a half. Oh no! It's a terrible movie. No, I, I I really enjoyed it when I saw it. It was one of those, I just heard the South by Southwest reaction from the premiere that was like really good and really like exciting and fun. And I was like, okay, sounds good. I'll see it. It's March. There's usually not a lot of great movies. And I saw it. I was like, wow, this is like so much ingenuity on such a small budget, so much creativity to it. It's a lot. It's like 10, eight to 10 times throughout this movie. It's like, wow, how did they do that? That was really interesting. So I was, I was, it's definitely one of those just really feel excited and like about the movie and talking about it and watching it again because there's so much of it so i was very uh, happy for that and it introduced a lot of people to a24 it's one of the more obviously that's why i made a hundred million dollars it's a weird movie but it's very accessible too it's not yeah. like weird weird turn off like don't bring your parents to this because they'll complain about <laughs> it or something like no you can bring friends family to this movie and everyone will have a great time watching it mm-hmm yeah, I don't want it to sound like I, I. I honestly really enjoyed it. I don't know what it is. You hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, what's your rating for everything everywhere? Because I 10? think it's the same. I think it's the same <laughs> as me. Oh, are we both the same? Are we? Do you, who's going next? You. Go, I want to hear it first. Yeah, Alan, I won't attack your comments because... You to know, be fair, I've seen it once. Yeah. Maybe it will change when I see it again. I've also seen it oh, once. Yeah, you know, you have to watch it multiple times. That's what true. are you doing? All right, so yeah, let's as, pause as, right now. Okay. As Raymond White said, <laughs> why can't we just be kind? So you're entitled to your wrong opinion. But I just think... <laughs> I, just, I just think it's such a special film. And it's a film that's really made for me. I was already a big fan of the Daniels. Their last film, Swiss Army Man, is a, I think is a perfect film. And I kind of stood alone there. So I'm really happy to see people getting around this one. I don't tend to love maximalism, but I just think this one is so full of heart. It has stuff to say about the world we live in today. It has stuff to say about um, representation and universal stuff about depression and feeling useless and stuff. And I think it's a film many people relate to. I've certainly related to it. I think it's a film that will be some young people's gateway into film in the way that Mm -hmm. me as a kid watching like Edgar Wright movies got me into film. I think some people will watch this and think, oh, wow, movies can be like this. And uh, yeah, I just adore it. And it's a 10 out of 10 for me. It's my second favorite film of the year. 
I'm uh, I'm going the same. This is a rare film fanatics moment. Um, I watched this movie in a theater, and at one point, I felt like I was like I was forgetting that I was like I I felt like I was part of the experience because there's so much going on, and you're so invested into it. You mentioned Swiss Army Man. For me, that's like a 7.5 out of 10 movie. What Alan gave this movie, still like it, but this for me is a 10. Um, again, it's it's like it throws so much at you, and for me, everything about it worked. Um, and if we're talking about Wayman quotes, so something that he says, um, where he says, uh, "When I choose to see the good in things, I'm not naive. Uh, it's strategic and necessary. And this is how I'm a fighter. This is how I fight." And I think that quote um, honestly really resonated with me. And I started to even adopt that into my mindset towards certain things. Um, and I think it could, I think the word modern classic is thrown around a lot, but I think this could be a modern classic in the way, um, in the way something like, I don't want to, I don't want to compare like fan bases here, but in the way a big movie like The Avengers is very loved or something like, Back to the Future, like when we talk about like tentpole beloved, like big sci-fi movies, everything ever all at once could end up being there for the next generation. I think it could be a film that defines this decade. Ooh, damn! You're talking about 2020s, like to come. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I and you know what's weird? I agree with all of that. Uh, so like. Maybe on a second watch. I, I feel I feel like I also should watch this movie on a big screen. Watching it at home, I feel like, took a lot out, out of it for me. I saw you put it at 4.5 on Letterboxd. What happened? You're because like... I know, like, because, like, when I watched it, I was mostly thinking about, like, the quality of the movie and nothing else. Like, I wasn't putting my my opinion really on it when I, when I, when I gave that score. And I still agree with that. I think it is, like, a 9 out of 10 movie when it comes to... A movie it's just when we're talking about like uh pers like personal preferences or something it lost me a little bit uh in some of the moments like you said the the moments where they deep they they dig in into like depression and uh and familiar relationships and all that those moments like are fantastic like uh, those were the moments that really glued me but then like a giant donut shows up and i was like wait what like it kind of like it, it kind of like uh like I I know that was part of the whole thing, but like uh, it kind of took me out of it a little bit. I feel like that. Not a fan of dildo fights. <laughs> <laughs> things like that. I thought I thought like took me out of the experience when I was like really getting invested in some of these conversations. I don't know, but again, maybe if I watch it again, I'll have a different opinion. All right, so uh, Alan, do you want to introduce the next movie that I we do. would like to discuss? Now that basically all all of our fan base hates me. <laughs> so our next one is one that actually came out this week look at us talking about a movie that actually came out uh, <laughs> uh it's the good nurse it came out on netflix this week um it was directed by tobias lindom and it starts eddie uh eddie redmayne and jessica chastain uh what do you think about it gal okay i'll start i think i'm the least positive out of all of this but i'm still positive about this movie um and I think I'm biased, and I think Hunter knows this because I made it clear. It was we were at TIFF when we saw the first screening ever of this movie, and it was the fourth movie I had seen that day, and it was the first time I'd ever done that. Um, and I, Jacob and Hunter, you guys are both used to that, but like, I so I was just tired, 
And the movie played until midnight because it started at like 10 and it was a two hour movie. So I think I was a little bit biased and I definitely dozed off in the second half. Um, but I still think it is not a fast paced film as well. It's it not. Is not. Um, so I'll say this. The direction is really good, especially in the hospital scenes. You definitely feel like um, there's sort of like that tense, uh, like dark, sort of disgusting feeling that you would feel in such a in such a dark hospital like that. And I think the direction conveyed that really well. I think Jessica Chastain was an excellent protagonist. And I'd say the first half was really engaging. Um, Eddie Redmayne did mostly a really good job. I think he overacted a little bit at the end, but I think he mostly was great. I think where it lost me is I thought I thought the procedural stuff with um I might be getting his name wrong but Namadi Asamuga and no- Noah Emmerich's characters I thought that's where I dozed off the most and yeah. I think maybe the parts about like the corruption in the hospital could have resonated more because I've seen like movies that have a little better themes but I think as a true story the idea itself is really interesting as to what happened. But I just think the pacing could have been stronger in that second half. Yeah, I feel like you're you're completely right. Like the parts where like the or like the more procedural parts when we when you had the the police officers and the uh, and the hospital, they could be they could have been done a, a little bit better. Sometimes I did feel like I was watching like a like a high budget like cop drama or something when uh, when those when those scenes were were on display and um, like movies. I guess I. I have spotlight in my head because I just rewatched it recently. It's one of my favorite movies, and um, the way that that movie approaches like the the investigation part uh, of it all, I feel like it's really engaging compared to what these wh- what this movie does. So like uh, I completely understand what you mean by that, but the hospital scenes do like steal the show, like especially with Jessica Chastain and. Um, the parts when she, when she, like, the really tense parts when she knows who they like, I don't want to spoil anything, but, like, who the bad guy is, and she's in a room with him, like, and you, and you see, like, uh, her, she really acts, like, her heart out in those scenes, where you can see, like, how scared she is, but, like, she's really trying to, like, convince this guy that, like, she's not, she's not feeling any different towards him, maybe, uh, and, yeah, like, like you said, it was a, it was a good movie in that sense, and, um, and I don't know how I see it so much in the Oscar chances. Maybe because Netflix hasn't like Netflix has kind of flopped this year with uh, their Oscar fair. I feel like I feel like they were really banking on Blonde, and uh, <laughs> that really blew up. And uh, and now they're kind of banking on this. So I don't know like where they stand. Wait, Hunter, you like Blonde or was that someone else? What was it? Was it you who liked Blonde or was it someone else from our critic No, circle? I really like Blonde. Oh, okay. I still haven't watched it. Hey, hey, hey but we, we don't have to talk about it, though. Don't worry. I should have watched Blonde, but I didn't know. I don't, yeah. I'm, I've had enough of the Blonde. And I, have, I was for sure it was going to be for I'm, me. I'm in the same train, Jacob. Like, I, everything that people are discussing, I'm like, I don't know if that's the movie for me. <laughs> I understand and almost completely agree with every bad point everyone has about Blonde. I just happen to like that. Makes okay, sense. Uh, but it was the um, I, I, yeah, the good nurse. Actually, speaking of uh, Gal Menchie tip, it was my very like biggest surprise at the festival. I was like, wow, this was like a, I really liked this movie. It was it was weird because I got out of it, and then I was walking out and talked to one of our other friends. He really loved it, 
And then we meet up with the other members of the group, and then Tyler's like, I hate this movie, that sucked. And then Tristan's like, eh, it wasn't that good. And Gaul's like, yeah, I didn't like it either now. She's like, I hate it too. I thought it was okay. I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I think it was just biased because I was desperate to get to bed. Maybe the most. I, yeah, I really liked it. I loved it. I, I loved the slow pacing of it. The opening shot that's just like four minutes just on uh, Andy Redmayne's That is a really good shot. I agree with you yeah. on that. And I, I love that the movie, it depends, it doesn't try to like get inside the head of Eddie Redmayne's character and try to like rationalize why he did it, you know, like try to understand why he did it. They're like, no, no, we don't care about that. We're at, look, focused on why he was allowed to do this. Why this went on for so yeah. long. Yeah, yeah. Just through through people under the bus, just in terms of just to, just to keep profits coming in at the hospital, and I really enjoyed that different aspect of it because we get these Dahmer shows, these other shows about like let's understand the serial killer, but you're kind of <laughs> fetishizing him a little bit and making like a trouble character. This one, Eddie Redmayne's character, you, you, nobody likes him, and he's great in the movie. So I really liked it. Took a little bit of a different angle to it, but I really latched onto. And yes, that 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 scene at the end of Redmayne is. Uh, horribly not well written or well acted but everything up to that the 95 percent before that last final scene was really well done but oscar chances i see absolutely none maybe <laughs> prize sag nomination or critics choice somewhere for red main or chest that's what i'm thinking like fourth or fifth priority now so they're, they're like yeah i'm thinking i feel like netflix uh not netflix i feel like the golden globes sometimes like this kind of stuff yeah. so i think maybe yeah. best actor in a motion picture drama and then oh maybe my, sag that would be so strange if eddie raymond won best act oh no only nomination maybe sag nomination no wins sag nomination written all over it but yeah. i i loved him in it mm -hmm. no he's great but i think jessica chastain is the better one here i feel like she's more nuanced more more subdued but but yeah, I, I really, really liked the movie too, more than I was expecting to. I mean, I think maybe the awful poster put a lot of people off before it even came out. Um, and I'm still waiting for another one because I hate looking at that poster. And it's like, yeah, me too. It's like their face but, together. Um, yeah, I was shocked by Oh, yeah, that, that's horrible. I'm looking <laughs> at it right now. Yeah. I even liked the I can't scene. I'm sorry, I'm going to say <laughs> I liked it. Yes, it was over the top, but I liked the way the film built to it, and it was really the only time they let it get that over the top, and I thought it was mm -hmm. a fun and interesting and intense moment, but uh, I totally get why it's a meme also. Um, <laughs> I can't! I, I, I can't, I can't. I, I the gritty aesthetic of the film. Um, I think it sort of was... It definitely has a bit of that sort of Netflix workman-like directing to it, but also, I don't know, I like the look. I like the gritty look. It was kind of grainy. The hospital, as you said, looks pretty disgusting. And I just found the film riveting. And it was like, like you, I feel like I'm repeating everyone's points, but it's a true crime sort of thing that doesn't feel sensationalized. Um, it doesn't try to glamify it glamorize or even like humanize his character too much um but at the same time he does a really good job playing that sort of charming nice guy act to the point where there are some scenes where you're like i almost like this guy even though i know he's a monster and it's an act like you don't want it to be true job playing the duality of that yeah it's so yeah 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 Sorry, no 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 i I, feel, I completely agree with you i'm just gonna say that like at some points i was like oh so it's not him because he he sold me so much in that in that good guy act, I was like, oh, wow, maybe it is someone else. Like, I, I don't know. I, I know that that makes no sense because the 
there's no one else that it could be but like that's something that the movie sh- maybe should have um maybe should have put a red herring or something uh in that situation but like that it 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 it's a it's a statement regarding his acting and the writing that like at some points you're like no 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 it's it's not him he's, he's such a good guy what are you talking about again i i think all your points are pretty right um like i in hindsight i'm not that negative about this movie i just wouldn't nominate it for anything chastain i don't see her getting nominated especially when like not even molly's game got her a nomination that was and a then, travesty yeah, or a most violent year, and then she just won last year, so I don't know. Categories really stacked this year. Yeah, but I will say that she did a really good job, especially uh, Hunter and I saw the real woman right after the screening, Amy Lauren. I forget how her, Amy Lauren, um, and I think she did a really good job of portraying this woman who, like, needs the job because of her her health. Like her her health is failing her, and she needs like the health care because of that, and. That's a bit of the commentary the movie has. But even then, she's devoting everything to to helping and giving to other people, whether it's her kids or um, or the people in the hospital who may or may not fall victim to uh, the killer. And so I thought she, she uh, conveyed the spirit really well of Amy Lauren. And then one more thing I will say is the score was really good. I don't know how stacked score is right now, but maybe maybe somewhere there. Uh, I thought the the original score for this movie was really good. I don't even have the Woman King in my fight. That's how stacked score is. Oh. Uh, I I definitely have it getting nominated, but we'll we'll get to that right after this last movie. Okay. Right. Um. So let's give a let's give some scores to the not so good nurse. No, I'm joking. Uh, I'm joking. I really like the movie. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, Alan, you can start. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a seven and a half. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um. I was going to give it a higher score, but I don't think that's allowed because I just gave every, everything I've read out once 7.7. 7, uh, 7. 7. So I don't think it's allowed for that movie to be worse than this one. So I'm I'll saying give it seven a 7 out of 10. Half. I would say 7 out of 10. I'm going to go. You use quarters, so I'm going to use quarters. I'm going 8.25. How about that? There you go. Okay, okay. It is way better than a true crime Netflix movie has any right to be. I, I agree with that. And between two ratings either, so I'm bringing in the quarters as well. 7.75. Okay, okay. There you go. There you go. We all liked it pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually not that far apart. Yeah. For some reason, I thought uh, this one was going to be like one of the ones that was like, everyone was like 7 and low, uh, lower than 7 for some reason. Mm. But like, I think it was because of what you said, Hunter, that like, when you walked out, everyone was, like, shitting on it. I think I was a bit too negative on it, but I've explained why I was biased. Still, back then, I would have given it a 6, now I'm at 7. I mean, you were you were not the lowest. You were the, definitely the highest of the low group. Tyler hated it, yeah. They were like, like, I was like, they were like, I hated this movie. I didn't like it. I was like, what? Like, how? This is a good movie. <laughs> but, um, yeah. All right, so I hope none of us give this next movie under seven this is gonna be the last movie we talk about and then we're gonna go straight into like general oscar talk and this movie it also came out on netflix this week all quiet on the western front and it's based on the book written long ago uh by eric marie remark maria remark and it's not the first adaptation because there was a version of in the 30s that won best picture and this one's currently on netflix and stars 
some people, including Daniel Brühl. And yeah, I'll start by saying I loved this movie. I didn't, I almost didn't know it was coming out until it was on the TIFF roster. I don't remember, Hunter, I don't think you saw it there, right? No, I did not. I, now I wish I had, but gotta make sacrifices when you're there. At least you got to see it in the theater. That is true. That's yeah. the best way to watch it. So I saw it on my big TV and um, I thought it was honestly amazing. Like, like it's maybe up there in the conversation when we talk about great war movies, like, cause there's 1917 and there's Dunkirk. And I think this may be up there just cause the war scenes are so brutal. And it's really through the perspective of these young men who are, who lose their innocence just like that, uh, and try to maintain it. But, uh, also the cinematography is brilliant and the performances, the main guy who plays Paul Baumer, I think knocked it out of the park because uh, you have to throw yourself into so much terror and physicality for that role. And I thought they did an amazing job casting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Felix Camera is incredible. He's in my personal That's his name. I the lead actor still. I loved him in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, like, he has no right being that good, being that young. <laughs> like, if you... First, first like, <laughs> role, too. Like, he had done nothing. I looked at his IMDb. It was, like, one, like, German television show of, like, 2005 years in, and then it's this. I'm like, cool, I guess. He just came out of nowhere and delivered a standout performance. <laughs> just like that, you know? Oh, no big deal. Yeah. Also, I want to shout out uh, Albrecht Schuch, who plays um Cat in the film. He's really great. He was terrific. He was so this. good. Um, German film called System Crash that he was great in, too. Mm. But um, he, he's really... He's charismatic, and he's sort of is positioned as this fun comic relief character but he he like when you learn more about him he's so lovable and sympathetic and a sort of a different side two different perspectives of these soldiers he's sort of an older guy who's trying to get back to his family and then mm-hmm. um paul obviously has been brainwashed into thinking they're doing this great thing and then um then he just yeah is trying to survive <laughs> Which is what I love about that movie, and it's something that Dunkirk does that I love too. In that a lot of these characters do have minimal character development, but because of the situation the movie puts them in and how visceral it is, you're just rooting for them so hard just because you can relate to them as young people trying to get home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, Gal, and I guess God knows how much I don't really like war movies, uh, but the fact that I really like this one, I think it's a it's a statement to how good it is. Uh, I think this is what is one of the best war movies I've like ever watched. Honestly, like just just for that beautiful cinematography, I think it's honestly one of honestly one of the most beautiful films I've seen in a while. Like uh, um, the amazing like shots from like the battlefield and like even for just like from just like Germany and France, like uh, in the winter and like how. I don't, it just looked like a painting, honestly, at some points. And um, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate that. And the the sound design for this movie is, like, hauntingly good as well. Like, uh, um, you know, like, you, you usually... We're, we're so used to watching, like, action movies and stuff at this point. Like, that it's, it's remarkable when a movie uh, that comes out today actually makes you feel something when somebody... Sh- like shoots a gun or when a grenade explodes or something like that and i feel like the uh this movie is like a shoe-in for sound design because of that and um and yeah like uh like you guys said already the acting is is phenomenal 
Uh, Daniel Brühl was in this movie and I had no idea until like he randomly showed up. And that was <laughs> such a, like, that was a f fun moment for me. I was like, oh, there he is. And um, yeah, he's, he's great here as he is in basically everything he does. But like, uh, I think like, like you guys said, uh, I, I'm really bad with names usually. And like, especially when it's a German film, but like um, the main character and the guy that played uh, Kai, they were like standouts for me as well. Mm -hmm. I love how well the Daniel Brühl scenes were integrated into the film, because when I didn't know he was going to be in the film either, but, and when he first shows up, I was like, I don't know, is this going to be a bit jarring, these sort of scenes taking away from the immersion? But by the end, there's a lot of great juxtaposition. Like, there are a lot of great full circle moments in the film, like yeah. the dog tags and the bit with the coat at the start. And there's also this juxtaposition of food, and it's kind of this really great comparison how little these people in power are giving up while they're sending these young men to die. And by the end, I really, really love those scenes, and they didn't overstay their welcome either. And, yeah, Brawl was a nice addition. And, of course, it's nice to get a bit of star power in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely my it, it easily i had to do it to mr spielberg my boy he was dethroned by this movie Ooh. this is this is it was i was like wow i'm sorry steven but they knocked it out of the park with this one so so it's definitely my number one and i mean unless babylon is the masterpiece people say it is and i'm really hoping is this will be my favorite film of the year wow wow Nice. I I was very 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 impressed by it with with uh, there was like I was like oh I love that scene that was a great one oh that was a great one and by like the time I was done I was like I'm at the number eighteen that was the great scene nineteen I was like wow I was like okay at that point it must be like an amazing movie then that it's like you're waiting for the film to make a misstep and then it just doesn't. I was I was waiting because it was like forty minutes in I was like holy crap this is like really good I'm like oh, I was probably gonna throw it down and then once Daniel Brühl showed up I was like oh maybe but then I was like no this is actually like way better I was like I love this so I'm like oh. I was like, it was surprised all the way through. I thought I was going to like it, but I loved it so much. So. Yeah, me too. Because again, I didn't know anything about it until like a month ago. And we're used to these like Oscar sort of movies being hyped for months. So um, so for it to be this good. Um, yeah, and it came out of nowhere. Like, uh, I don't know for you guys, but like I didn't even know it existed until like this week. And I watched it and I was like, holy shit. I read the book in uh, in freshman year. Netflix's main contender that's what i was thinking because because blonde no blonde bardo the reviews are mid it's it's probably number three right now for me i think glass on you know definitely the number one with that theatrical release they have very much said that the signal that's their big one and i still think potentially bardo is still number two just because even with all the reviews, they just can't let it die that easily. They have to at least try it down because it's like it's in your read too. He's been an Oscar darling so much. He's won five yeah, times or something. Uh, Did he come out already? Comes out in December, I oh, okay. think. Um, the re-edit definitely piques my interest with that. Yeah, because yeah, it's. Yeah, but I just think Western Front easily has the potential for the highest nomination count out of any yeah. of those films if they really mm -hmm. push it. Because yeah. I think, like, sound, that could happen. Cinematography, they've had a thing lately with, like, uh, wanting to give more international films cinematography awards. Um, and, like, that's something that happened one year where it's, like, uh, they nominated, like, two international movies for cinematography, and then I think First Man didn't get in. And I was like, what the hell? So I feel like All Quiet on the Western Front could definitely... Um, oh, no, it was three international films. So All Quiet on the Western yeah. Front, I think, could definitely get in for cinematography maybe director 
because last couple of years they've almost always had um, a foreign language film nominated for director. So that might be the one. And then international feature. It is Germany's submission. That's confirmed. Yeah, and apparently in Germany, um, my roommates are German, and I was talking to them about this movie, and they said that in Germany it is in theaters right now. It's not on like. I think Netflix only bought like the international rights for it, so in Germany is it is playing in, like in the movie theaters right now, and it's apparently one of the biggest ones that uh, they have right now. So, do you think it could win international feature? Oh, I think yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's the the front runner right now. Yeah, yeah. decision so definitely nipping at its heels. Yes, it definitely helps that Netflix has this movie that can put a lot of weight behind it, and it's available to see. Well, one thing with international feature is usually the one that like people actually see. Yeah, because they're usually not the biggest movie that will help. So this definitely is is granted helped by that. But Decision to Leave is up there just because it has so much esteem and prestige behind it. So. Netflix is a blessing and a curse for it because it means a lot of people will see it, but it also means that they won't see it on the big screen and experience yeah. the full immersion. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, but I think I think lately the international films have been a lot more um, a lot more washed even because before Roma. I, I like never watched it. That's also on me. But I think like Roma, Parasite, uh, Drive My Car, a lot of people watch those movies. They were even nominated for the big prize, and, even another round. And all of them were, I think, maybe except Par- uh, Parasite, but like all of them have been on streaming service. I think Drive My Car was on uh, HBO Max. But what, not originally. And, um, yeah, it came out with, uh, with, it wasn't that weird thing that they did the whole year that the movie came out in theaters and in HBO Max at the same time. And um, it was the same thing, like you said, with Roma and now with this one. And uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good play specifically for international. Just because, like you guys said, it does get it in front of as many eyeballs as possible that it just it just wouldn't. It's just a situation like even myself. And again, again, that's on me. Like how said that that was on him as well. Like, um, I don't watch that many Brazilian movies, even though I am Brazilian. So I've like the, the situation is like people in this circle, people in this quote unquote bubble that we are in and that the voters are in and then the people in the industry are in, like, if you don't give it to them or to us, I guess, in like a silver platter, it's harder for us to go after this kind of content, unfortunately. So I think it does help in that case. And I think, um, and I think it's a shoe in. I think it's definitely the front runner for that category. And uh, yeah, do you guys want to do the scores and then we'll, we'll move on to like general Oscar talk? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, I guess let's start with Jacob this time. Uh, yeah, I mean, repeat everything I just said. I love the film. I thought it was emotionally powerful devastating in its action but it never took glee in its spectacle uh it was horrifying and uh i loved it it's in my top 10 of the year it's a 9 out of 10 for me uh yeah for uh for me it's also 9 out of 10 um like we we just said so so much about this movie but like yeah what we all said like the cinematography the acting the almost a perfect war movie almost a perfect movie in any any sense of the word and uh, yeah, shoe in for best uh, international feature. Um, I won't add anything because I don't have anything original to say at this point, but I'll reflect the same score, 9 out of 10. 
Well, I'll keep the train rolling. I go also 9 out of 10. It most likely will be my favorite of the year. I'm very uh, happy that it's in Oscar talks. So I'm, I'm glad it's, it's, it's in the fights. I was worried that it being as uh, a lower Netflix film, an international film, it would have no business anywhere. So I'm glad it's just at least fighting for a spot. It deserves that. It deserves much more, but it, it, you know, it's a cruel world out there sometimes. That's all you can ask from your favorite of the year, because sometimes it'll end up being something that just has no shot. Mm-hmm. That's like 2020, or like never, rarely, sometimes, always my favorite. I was like, I'm not, even gonna, I'm not even going to try to put the effort in Oscar. I still haven't it's, seen that movie. It should It should have, and uh, other stuff, but I'm like, it's not going to happen, so I'm just going to decompress. But my favorite sorry. this year is The Quiet Girl, which its only shot is international. Uh, so that I will take that. <laughs> <laughs> or it be last year at French Dispatch. I'm like, it should. Mm. It really should. Like production I think everyone was baffled by that. Yeah. Not even score production design for French Dispatch. That was weird. I know. That's why I was, that's why I was pissed. Because like, I had my hopes up. I was ready. And then it got crushed. So I'm not trying to do that for this movie. But I'm like, well, it really should. All right, so let's dive into our overall Oscars talk. So the state of the Oscars now is a couple uh, major contenders have come out. Almost all of them have screened to an audience, and some of them are less conventional than others. And the point I want to start is, I think, one that um, I think for sure Hunter will reflect. Uh, I don't know, but I think other two will probably agree, is the debate on if Top Gun Maverick is getting into Best Picture. It's like... A very beloved blockbuster made bank broke records everyone loves it and it's kind of like like there's a lot of campaigning around it being practical filmmaking it being like this pure entertainment cinema it's a sequel but it's like but it's but it's like everything that people love about uh genre cinema so where do you guys stand on that can i start with this one yes Okay, I'm 100% for this movie getting uh, in the best picture conversation. It was my favorite or second favorite movie of the first semester of this year. And um, I, I love that movie so, so much. Like, it was like, honestly, I think uh, having been disillusioned with a couple of big budget movies lately, this was one that, like, I came with with lower expectations, actually. And I came out of it like, like honestly blew my mind. And, um, and like you said, like the practicality of it compared to like everything, like we were just talking about Ant-Man in the beginning of the show, how everything is fake. This is like, it would be like the opposite of that. That like most of it is like hundred percent real. And like, I feel like that's something that's really important right now, especially with the stuff like the volume, like growing in popularity, um and green screen of course being a big thing for like decades at this point uh i feel i feel like it is important for the conversation it's important for the idea that we have like movie stars i feel like uh maybe as an old school hollywood guy i love the idea that like people go out to see tom cruise Um, up until amsterdam bombed i thought it was the same for christian bale uh And uh, yeah, I, I, I adore that film so much. I think it's still in my top five of the year. And uh, and yeah, I feel like it des- honestly deserves to be in that conversation. 
I am firmly in the camp that it will be nominated for Best Picture for a multitude of reasons. First being, it's already, like, the, 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 the contending for a win in so many other categories. You got Best Cinematography. It's already pretty much a slam dunk for Best Sound. Maybe Avatar can do something, but I'm very certain it'll be this one. It's First Avatar didn't even win Sound. It's already in for Best Visual Effects. You've already got, like, four nominations it's going to maybe win. And at that point, with this Lock 10 system, you're pretty much close to... Like, if Nightmare Alley can get in with three other nominations, I'm thinking Top Gun Maverick with its $8,000 billion, huge love. And also, Paramount is screening and promoting the hell out of this movie. I've already gotten two emails so far about, like, come to our screenings in L.A., so I'm not going. But, like, they're still showing this movie. They're still sending me consider this movie for awards. For the Minnesota Film Critics Association, what am I going to do? I'm not going to make it go Oscars, but they're still sending me stuff because they want it in there. So they are pushing it really, really, really hard. And they want to get Jerry Bruckheimer's first ever Oscar nomination. He's a campaigner himself. Well, he's never won. He's never uh, been nominated. I didn't know that. No, uh, maybe. I don't think he counted for Pirates of the Caribbean. No, wait, Pirates wasn't nominated. It wasn't nominated for picture. Only actor and costume. Michael Bay movies and Pirates movies do not get nominated for best picture. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, like, like, besides um, wasting his time on giving Michael Bay money, like, I, I thought he did a lot no, of good stuff. Like, it's not like a waste of time, but he was making a way different movies than Oscar movies, and now he's made a movie no, yeah. that, that is an Oscar movie, so like, hey, now we have a chance, because we were never going to nominate before. And I still have Maverick in, like, adapted screenplay, like, a seventh, eighth spot, because that category is so weak, that I'm like... Maybe people like that movie, so they get nominated. Why not? And it's just like at that point, you feel like it has to be it. It it's actually currently at number f- uh, five in uh, Variety's uh, predictions, so that's how high it is. Like for best pictures, like, but I have like the six slot, no seven slot. I'm looking at yours, Hunter. Now you have it at like, six today. Camp, like, it'll be there, <laughs> but it won't win, but it'll be there. Yeah. The thing is, I'm really like I'd put my life on it getting a best picture nomination at this point. I don't even think it's occupying that blockbuster spot anymore. I just think it's one of the movie that's movies that's in, and I do think there's still room for sort of like Dune last year. You mean? But um, yeah, I don't love the film as much as everyone else does. I think it's great. And I think it's just a great blockbuster. I wouldn't personally nominate it, but I, I also think it's a really good movie and I'm pretty happy for it to be getting in there. And um, I honestly, I wouldn't even rule out a Tom Cruise Best Actor nomination. It's unlikely, but I'm not ruling it out because that could be another way to reward his authorial stamp on the film in lieu of like a director nomination because like that's not happening. So I don't know. I think it's a strong contender. Yeah, that... that- that is an interesting like dark horse pick for like, uh, like an outside shot for uh, for a nomination there for for Tom Cruise, uh, and I think yeah like sometimes the Oscars do the, do that to like award like a body of work instead of awarding the actual movie, so that that can actually happen. Again, the it's the field this year is pretty weak at the moment. What you say? Like the actor field is weak. Besides the top three. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you want to start with talking about actor then? If you guys want to, yeah. All right, let's do it. Um, so I, I, I'm willing to bet that we all have the same top three. It's pretty much, yeah. Okay, my top three is Brendan Fraser in The Whale, Hugh Jackman in The Sun, Colin Farrell in The Banshees of Inisherin, Austin yeah, Butler in Elvis, <laughs> and then um, 
Hunter brought to my attention in his one of his posts, Bill Nye in Living, and I think he. Yeah, and I think that that's a good bet for like a career nomination. I haven't seen the movie. I'm sure he's great in it, but like I older actors. No, he's amazing. But what I'm saying is sometimes older actors get that extra yeah, yeah, yeah. push. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just saying I love Bill Nye. Yeah, he's great. He's great. <laughs> it's 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 mostly based on the reason Jake and I probably explained the Hugh Jackman in the Sun, where nobody. I mean, there probably is a lot of people, but like the buzz on that movie is so not good right now. It, it just keeps dipping, 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 and like another bad thing. And but when maybe when it comes out again, people will like it yeah. more. But it's weird because I thought it was a great movie. Austin Butler, like, lock him in right there. Bet your yep. life savings on him. Might as well. Bill Nye, I help help because it would be a career nomination, and it is by Sony Pictures Classics. Is really <laughs> yeah, they got Parallel Mothers, where what both of those were like. Oh, is the father really going to get nominated for that much stuff? Six nominations, two wins, huge success. Parallel Mothers, is that actually going to get nominated? Boom, Penelope Cruz gets in, sneaks in. So I'm like, they know what they're doing. Score too, didn't it? Yeah, they know what yeah. Sony Pictures yeah. know how to do that little sneak campaign where, like, you don't think they're in, and then just, whoop, there's Bill Nye, he's nominated. He won't win, I but he'll be Nye nominated. fourth, so I'm pretty yeah. confident. What I'll say. Looking forward to that film. Mm-hmm. What I'll say is the reason the whole time because he kind of is the only person that escaped from that movie unscathed by criticism. Which one? You also kind of got to think the movie's probably not going to get a single other nomination. Is his performance strong enough to be that lone actor nomination? Oh, I would say yes. I have him outside my right now. I, I think he's look. I first of all thought the Sun was a really good movie. I understand some of the criticisms. I haven't seen it, sorry. But yeah. I thought I thought Hugh Jackman was honestly spectacular in it. It might be the best thing he's ever done. Up there with Prisoners, at least. Like, maybe right after Prisoners. So I, I think he's good enough, even if people don't like the movie, uh, for him to get people's attention. But I, I get... Yeah, when a movie has that much eh on it, it's hard. It also helps that it is a weak year for Best Actor. Right now, so I still have men... Sight on scene, Diego Calva in Babylon. I'm like, well, he could easily take it. People love it. He's who I have in at the moment. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I would once people actually talk about the movie, I would easily put him in. And then like number seven right now for me is like Jeremy Pope in the uh, the inspection. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe there's not much else. It's like, is Tom Cruise gonna do it? Is Song Kang Ho gonna do it? I'm like, I'd be down for Jeremy Pope. Honestly, I saw that movie too. But I don't know. Beyond those eight, it is a pretty steep drop off. I think. Yeah, that's the that's mm-hmm. the thing. like. Jackman's way bigger than Pope in terms of just stature. It's like Tom Cruise, I'm like, I don't know, maybe. And then like Song Kang Ho has done nothing. So like, I guess if Jackman's still in, then once Diego Calvin Babylon scene, then we really pretty much know. What about director? Where do you guys stand on that? Get actors nominated. Yeah. So I do have a bit of faith there, but also mm-hmm. he's a bit of an unknown. Maybe they don't go for it. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting category to see who fills those sort of four and five spots. Mm-hmm. Very confident in that top three you mentioned. Where do you guys stand on director? I've seen two of the films, and I would even Elvis. I hate that movie. I would still <laughs> nominate Austin Butler. He's fantastic. I would not so good in that. Movie. I would nominate him, but I've, I've I would even say that Colin Farrell was better in uh, the Banshees I of Inisherin. Oh yeah, yeah. So that, that does was... anyone have any other dark horses they like in that True. category? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think that that one is like you guys said. It's like pretty straightforward this year like there's not much i would i would i would absolutely love it but i have no hope for it paul mescal and after sun i uh, would die he's for my it. number one personal favorite he is i haven't seen that one yet lineup. i would hope that like other critics groups are going to push it i'm uh, texting my friends I'm like 
in our in our Minnesota group and the international group and say, hey, we got to vote for this guy because no one else is. We have to do it. But I know the Oscars. I need you to get out there and push that hunt. I completely agree. It's me. I'll acquire the Western Front and After Sun are my two, like, get on my box. Like, okay, this is what I'm going to tell you to vote for. What do you guys think about director right now? In a few categories at, like, 18th, just out of hope. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. It's one of those where like A24 is too many movies. And I'm like, yeah. Even if they get the push it even, means. Even if so, it's not super accessible. No. Even if they pushed it, like, I was like, it still wouldn't work. Even if they tried. And like, it's, it is what it is. It's the really sometimes always where I'm like, it's not happening and I'm okay with that. Just It's just not that movie. <laughs> Who do you guys have for the five for director? You guys did not, I guess, keep an eye on the two. Um, Koreans, Park Hail and Decision to Leave and mm. Song Kang Rao and Broker. There's Love a it. lot of those performances. And if Decision to Leave does emerge as that international front runner, I'm sure he'll rise up in people's predictions. And he's really great in the film. Yeah, it's great. But I have doubts because like Parasite Crew didn't get nominated. Main actor from, I forget his name. I'm very sorry. But the main actor from Drive My Car didn't get nominated. Only like Yalitza Aparicio for Roma. Penelope Cruz, yeah. I guess, but she's more of a star. Like Song King, hope people love, but I don't know. I think it's harder for movies, especially like um, for actors in movie in international flicks, especially if it's not like English or Spanish, maybe to get in like the 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 acting categories. Um, I don't know exactly why, but like historically, I feel like that it's way harder for like Asian countries or something like that to get oh, into yeah. it. To it's too hard to ask the Academy boomers to remember Asian. <laughs> Who are your five for yeah. director right now? Sorry? Who's five your five for director? For director? Ooh, okay. Um, right now, Spielberg, uh, Chazelle, Todd Field, Sarah Pauly, Fruentite, and Mark McDonough. Okay. Uh, Daniels, Daniels, how dare you? At number six, Daniel. Oh, so I'm almost the same. I'm Damien Chazelle, Babylon, Steven Spielberg, The Fablemans, Sarah Pauly, Women Talking. Martin McDonough, The Banshees of Inisherin, after he shockingly got snubbed for three billboards for directing, and then Daniels. But I honestly think I would not rule out Gina Prince-Bythewood just because yeah, there's so much good she's technicality. In she's in mine. She's my number five, actually. Like, I think, I think there's a real good chance she's going to make it. Uh, it might be my bias because I love that movie. But... <laughs> uh, What's your five, Alan? Yeah. Um... Like I said, uh, G- uh, Gina Prince by the Wood is uh, my number five. Uh, my number four is the Daniels. My number three is uh, Steven, uh, Steven Spielberg. Number two is uh, my good man. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, not, not good enough, I guess. No, he, he's one of my favorite <laughs> directors. I'm b- blanking on his name. It, it always happens in the show. Damien Chazelle? Damien Chazelle, thank you. Um <laughs> uh, Damien Chazelle and uh, who's my number one? I'm trying to look. Um, he just said Spielberg. McDonough, 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 McDonough. Because uh, Martin McDonough's never won for a feature film. He's won for a exactly. short film. Exactly. But so I, f- I think he has a real good shot of winning this year. Ooh. I do have McDonough still at number five because he missed for three billboards. It's like such a best picture front rider that you missed for him. Like there might be some directorial resentment there. Yeah. But with this movie, he has elevated his game and people are like commenting like his direction has gone up. That's why I still have him mm-hmm. at the moment. So and, and I have him uh, six, but it's a very close six. Yeah, him and Daniels are like right here for me. I'm like, 
Daniels are much more of a direct to a movie and the achievement, but Mark Dunn is the bigger name and the bigger movie to an extent. It, 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 the more Oscar friendly movies, so like they're right there. So I, I don't know. And Tar is right. dipping a little bit because Tar's wavering a bit. I watched Tar for a second time just before this, and I actually loved it this time. I, was, I need to watch it because it looks amazing. But um, yeah. I really liked it a lot this time. I still mm-hmm. don't know if I fully buy Todd Field as a director nominee, mm-hmm. but at the moment I still have him at fifth because it's the critics, one of the critics' favorite films of the year, and the director branch do tend to be a bit more pretentious and highbrow. So in <laughs> the international guys can't get in. I think Todd Field might sort of be their artsy pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Wild card is James Cameron for Avatar, just because like you could easily see James Cameron making it, obviously. And then, what about James Gray? Maybe depending on how. I have a very, very, very wild card that I don't think will happen in a million years, but there's like that one percent chance. Michael Bay for Ambulance. Oh, of course. Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Oh God. Oh no. Uh, Yeah. uh, With yours. Who is it? Uh. I, I don't know if you guys will agree with this one, but uh, Ryan Coogler for uh, Black Panther 2. I feel like depending on the on the on the reception of the movie and um, and uh, how well it does and uh, how much Disney pushes it in the Oscar race, I feel like there's a real chance that like he might, if that movie is as emotional as it seems that it can be, I think there's a chance he could snag that fi- that fifth spot. I don't know. It's a very unlikely scenario, but the movie would have to probably perform better than the first one. Exactly, because he didn't get first movie director. He's yeah. like him and Cameron. Definitely, if either of those movies hit really big, they could take that fifth spot. Because yeah. Kugler's actually only ever been nominated himself. They've put one in in the last <laughs> few years. I don't think the contenders are as strong as they have been, but Park Chan Wook is very beloved, and if All Quiet does become a big contender, then Edward Berger. Is going to I think Edward Berger could honestly. He get could in. also get that fifth spot. Yeah. Um, do Do we want to say our ten for best picture and then wrap up? Sure. Sure. So the ten I have. Uh, oh, should I go first? You go first. Yeah, go first. Oh, okay, sure. Um, so the ten I have now that I put on Gold Derby, which is where I list my predictions: Babylon, The Fablemans. Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Banshees of Inisherin, Women Talking, Armageddon Time, which those last two I have not seen yet, or Babylon, but whatever. Till, also haven't seen. The Woman King, Top Gun Maverick, and Tar, which again I have not seen, but. I'll tell you, Armageddon Time? Nah, sorry. It's not happening. <laughs> I mean, it seems like the a more accessible movie. That's why I'm putting it, because it, it's like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I feel like they'd be warmer towards it because they know those kind of movies. Is there room for two directors recreating their childhood movies in the Best Picture 10? <laughs> uh, not with Sam Mendes also there as well. <laughs> uh, go with mine. Okay, um, let's see. Number 10, I have Glass Onion. Uh, mm. Number 9, I have She Said slash The Whale, maybe. I have, I've seen She Said. It's a good movie. But I have to wait and see what the box office is that people actually want to embrace this movie. I would have had it winning, but then like the reviews were eh. Yeah, they're they're good but not great, and that's that's the problem. Where it's like it's not great enough reviews to plan it in there, and then you also have potential backlash of people just not wanting to watch it. 
Uh, number eight, I have Tar. Seven is Top Gun. Six is the Banshees of Inishirin. Five, or, oh wait, sorry. Six is Top Gun. Five is Everything Everywhere at Once. Four is Babylon. Three is Banshees. Two is Women Talking. And number one is The Fablemans. Okay. Uh, um, I won't, I'll count up from one, but I have a top seven that I'm really confident in, and then the rest, it's like, I don't know. Uh, one, The Fablemans. Two, Everything Everywhere All at Once, of course. Uh, three, Women Talking. I think people are sleeping on that one a little bit. I haven't seen it yet, but I just... Me neither. I think it's going to be a no-brainer. Uh, four, The Banshees of Inner Sharon. Five, Babylon. Not because I've gone cold on it, just because it's an unknown in those four yeah. movies above it are locks. Uh, I'm a Chazelle super fan, so I'm going to be ready for it. Me too. Six, Top Gun Maverick. Seven, Tar. And then eight, I'm somewhat confident on The Whale because I think... I've seen it and I just don't feel it's mainstream enough. Because I know the movie doesn't have the most glowing reviews, but there's a lot of passion for it. Nine, I have She Said. I let everyone talk me out of it, but now that people have seen it, I'm like, nah, it's in. It's it's like bootleg spotlight and that'll be good. I feel, I feel wrong for cutting it out now i think i should push she said back in but having seen the whale i love it i loved it honestly more than some but i just think the the style is a little too like darren aronofsky exactly <laughs> like <laughs> yeah but um i know there's a there's just a lot of passion for it and passion is big when it comes to the yeah. preferential ballot and <laughs> then for a bit of a meme i have elvis Nice. Please no. Nice. I'll go. I... I do not trust people's taste, so I will not be surprised if it gets in. I'll be damn Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. That might happen. Uh, I'll go from 10 to 1. So 10, I it's I put Glassonian in, but I'm between Glassonian, All Quiet in the Western Front, and The Whale, but I put Glassonian in for the time. 9, She Said. 8, Babylon. 7, uh, Woman Talking. 6, Tar. Five Top Gun Maverick, four Banshees of of Inisherin. It's so hard for me to say that. Uh, three Everything Everywhere All at Once, two The Woman King, and one The Fablemans. So that's big, my. King, big. I'm going big on The Woman King this year. <laughs> I hope they. I hope the Academy replicates Alan's energy. For the tenth spot. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jacob, you said something. Oh, I just said The Woman King's definitely a chance. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, Jacob first, and then Hunter. Do you want to shout out your social media uh, tags? Yeah, um, uh, you can find me on YouTube just under my name, Jacob Cunningham. But most importantly, follow me on Instagram at Jacob Watches Films. That's where I post written reviews and other stuff. I just talk about movies a lot. I love them. Uh, you can find me on my website, cinemadispatch.com, and on Instagram and Twitter at the Cinema Dispatch. Just threw out some Oscar predictions, so it's uh, right in time for this. It, it was, I, I timed it perfectly. Amazing. Thank you guys so much for joining us. It was so much fun. And thank you for for watching, for listening to it, and we'll see you guys next time. Remember to follow us as well at Film Fanatic Spot in, like, everything, I guess. And uh, remember to subscribe to the channel as well. Bye, guys. Thank you. Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban.